Human design manifestors, the fire starters of the collective, the driven, impulsive, creative, and highly individualistic people protected by their closed and repelling auras. In the past, manifestors have had a bad rap for being angry, secretive, and not team players. But manifestors are on the rise, and they're rising with peace. They're finding their way and living in alignment with the rest of the collective, honoring their individuality and personal power. Today's episode is part one of a five-part series co-hosted by yours truly and someone from each of the five energy types. It's time you see what it looks like to embody your energy type with confidence. You are listening to the Confidently You podcast. Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. I invite you to join me, Amber, your host on a journey of coming home to your confident self. I'm so fulfilled with helping you transform your life by exploring your true potential and embodying the highest expression of your unique energy. With this podcast, you will find inspiration to own the magic of your individuality, master your mind and energy, and manifest the life you once thought was impossible. I'm here to tell you that confidence is not something that you earn, rather something you can unlearn. Unlearn the bullshit stories that play on repeat that stop you from living life on your terms and taking action with confidence. So if you love human design, manifestation, and shit that blows your mind, then you are exactly where you are meant to be. I already know we're going to evolve to a whole other level together. So without further ado, let's take the next step on your journey of becoming confidently you. Hello, Confident Soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber and I'm your host on your confidence building journey. And I've got a juicy episode for you. So I am excited that you are here. It is part one of a new series that I am coming out with of five. So part one of five of a series that I have coming out about aligned energy types. So I'm inviting some powerhouse women onto the podcast who are embodying their human design, living by their human design, following their unique intuitive voice, and watching the magic happen right before their eyes. And I am particularly honored to have um, my dear friend Erica King on the podcast today. Eric and I have been friends for a few years now and it was a little less than a year ago that I uh, had approached her and talked to her about her human design. Uh, We were in a moon ritual together and I asked her if I could do a quick little read for her. So long story short, Erica is now embodying her human design, following her human design, and feeling confident in her decisions that she makes in life. And I'm so proud of her and so excited to have her on the show. Erica is also my podcast manager, and she does all of the social media work and uh, publishing this content so that you can listen to it. And I owe a lot of thanks to her for all that she has done for the podcast and how it's improved so much over the past little while. 
Um, to tell you a little bit about Erica, Erica is a human design enthusiast, personal development junkie, creative entrepreneur, and acrylic pour artist. She is a 1-3 emotional manifester with her sun sign in Gemini, moon in Pisces, and rising in Cancer. She works as a home care aide part-time but is also a artist part-time and my podcast manager. She is raising an adorable little 3-5 emotional generator who is almost three years old. Him and Noah are little buddies. It's super cute. She uniquely has two emotional waves. So many people have one. Erica has two emotional waves of channels 35-36 and 39-55. And distinguishing the collective wave with the individual waves, so those are the emotional waves, that can create some major fluctuations of emotions throughout the day for her. And she's going to share with us a little bit about that. She's going to share her journey about being um, a manifester by human design, uh, share her journey about what her life is like now, or I guess rather share her story about what her life is like now. And she also opens up and shares her experience inside of Confident by Design. So if you haven't heard, Confident by Design is my six-month group coaching container program that is currently open up for enrollment until February 20th, 2022. So if you want to know a little bit more about Confident by Design, go ahead and check out the previous episode, episode 40, which shares all about Confident by Design, how you apply and enroll, and all of your questions that you have about the program. Um, so once again, that is open until February 20th, 2022. And then we're going to close until I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided when I'm going to open the doors to CBD again. Um, but I only launch this program three times a year and spots are limited. So if you are really resonating with Erica, with her story, or really resonated with the previous episode, I'm going to send you another gentle invitation to go ahead and apply for Confident by Design. The link is in the show notes and I will see you for a 15 minute application call if that interests you. All right, let us dive into this episode with Erica. Please give Erica a warm welcome to the Confidently You podcast. Okay, well hello Erica. Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. I am so excited that you are here. This has definitely been an episode uh, in the making. I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while and I'd love if you would open up and share with us what, uh, share who you are and what makes you feel most confident. Ooh. Um, I'm Erica King. I would say embodying human design and living in alignment with myself is what makes me feel so confident. Trusting mm. myself. Yes, thank you. I've been noticing, I think I've said this already on the podcast before, but a common denominator with people is that trust is that really comes down to trusting yourself. And I think that you would agree, human design really gives you a great road, uh, a, a blueprint to show you how you can depend on yourself and, and trust yourself. Hmm. So please um, share with us your story, whatever you feel called to share. And maybe share what your life was like before you found human design. Well, I am a one three emotional manifester, uh, single definition. And 
I would have to say before I knew about human design, I definitely growing up, I knew I was a little bit different, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Um, I knew I was a definitely an emotional being and felt big emotions um, and definitely recognized a lot of anger in my life prior to, um, you know, getting in alignment and, and living the most authentically me as I can be. Um, I definitely made a lot of emotionally charged decisions that created resistance. Um, and I recognized that I was living in a world that did not did not support my decision-making process. And that a lot of the times I was reaching out for others' opinions, like my parents, and it was definitely wrong to make decisions based on other people's opinions because they didn't know what was best for me. Mm -hmm. I've also had growing up a lot of anxiety, like extreme anxiety. I called it depression, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, obsessive compulsion disorder, just like this sense of impending doom. And I've been able to in the past year to two years, overcome that impending doom and go down a path with a lot less resistance than what I was going through before. It's a peaceful chaos now. <laughs> I love that phrase, peaceful chaos. <laughs> and I bet, I imagine as a mom, uh, especially that peaceful chaos must arise for you frequently I too have a little toddler and I, I totally get what you mean about the peaceful chaos because um, at a certain point you just have to find the peace within the chaos it's there the, and the chaos is there but there is a harmony that can be found there which uh, mm -hmm. is kind of beautiful <laughs> yes especially having sacral being toddlers and mm. non-sacral being selves <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So on that note, when you first learned about your human design, what was really the first thing that clicked with you and made you think, okay, I really got to look into this further because if, if I'm not mistaken, I'm the one that introduced you to human design. Yes, it was me. Yes. Um, I had little tidbits, you know, it didn't like when I first heard about it, I was like, yeah, okay. It kept showing up. I'm like, mm. okay, what is this? And then, um, you know, a mutual friend of ours had posted about it. And I'm like, they know about it too? Like, okay, like, what is this? So I I did eventually kind of start looking into it. And then I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, it's hard to find information about this. But then you were the one that, you know, really flourished my understanding and brought, you know, the the true investigation ignition um, mm. to the table. And biggest thing that hit me was like, you're 8% of the population or 9% of the population. I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> it's probably why things don't like, that I don't resonate with things the same way other people do. Um, and that I was, so being that rare, unique design and being emotional authority, I'm like, huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely me. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I definitely recommend making like energetically, emotionally charged decisions and that didn't quite fall through, but it was really the channel of emoting when I learned what that was in me. It was a huge, huge, huge groundbreaking awareness that was brought into my life because it is, you know, that melancholy and the quote that I had read or the way that it was explained to me when I was first learning about it was that don't confuse this melancholy for depression. It is here for inspired creation. With that, it really made a huge turn in how I felt that melancholy in my life and how I approached that melancholy. It took a turn from being something that I was fearful of or worried about or scared of and turned it into something that I could take and embrace and then taking it to the next level, finding out that I had uh, gate 61 activated in my chart four times. It's like, okay, that's a lot of times. Yeah. What's this all about? And you know, that's part of the head or the, yeah, the head center, which is undefined in my chart. I'm like, so I don't have consistent access to this energy, but being activated four times, I'm like, okay, something's got to give, what is this? Um, it's the mystic archetype gate of inspiration and creativity. Inner truth is her inner is her life compass. And it's like your major bullshit meter. And like, you can tell what's authentic and what's not. And Mm. that tied in together with the channel of emoting with like learning that the lack of creative flow creates melancholy and that melancholy then will inspire more creative flow. And it's just kind of like this big cycle within me. And Mm. I, was able to learn and recognize in myself that the most important thing I need to keep consistent in my life is creativity and keep connected with that creativity. Mm, yes. Yeah. I, I can really vibe with you on that because it's in particular with my teen years when I was really struggling with my, my mental health, if somebody would have told me that first of all, okay, your emotions don't have to have a cause that's point one, but also second point is that melancholy is a birthplace for creativity. It's that simple mindset shift that melancholy doesn't have to be an inherently bad or negative thing. It's actually quite a beautiful thing. When you think about all the great poets out there, the great songwriters, etc. Like, let's look at Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift is known for like singing about breakup songs, right? Well, Often we feel melancholy when we're in a position of heartbreak and whatnot. But look at all of the amazing creativity that birthed from that melancholy. So I super appreciate you sharing that point because I think that if more people look at melancholy that way, we may see fewer um, diagnoses of depression and whatnot. And that's not to slander anyone that does have uh, depression, but I, I think for some of the population out there, that simple mindset shift would make a, a drastic impact because it certainly did for me. And it sounds like it did for you. 
which actually prompts one of my questions because I have looked at your chart and I know that you have two channels that come out of your solar, your emotional solar plexus, meaning that you do have two different emotional waves. And I know that this is something that you've really had to work on navigating. So I wonder if you could speak on what does your decision-making process look like being that emotional authority and having those two different emotional waves? Uh, with the collective, I've got the collective and the individual wave. So um, the collective is more of that kind of slow riding coming up and then a sudden drop. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you get that slow riding coming up and sudden drop. Whereas the individual wave is kind of, it's, it lays around that neutrality and peaks and then, you know, neutrality and then dips again. So um, I've been keeping an energy journal of like where my emotions are sitting and I do two distinct um, different charting for each wave because I recognize that you know that individual wave that I have that's you know coming from the root pulse of emotion so Mm -hmm. coming from my root like like it's not constantly pulsing all day. So, mm-hmm. you know, I notice that like little peaks throughout the day, all of a sudden, and it's around the times that I get those root pulse energy kicks um, to like, okay, let's get stuff going. And like, most of the time it's like this major like kick up and I'm riding high and, and then I kind of come back down and I'm sitting neutral. So like, I'll have those random ups and downs through the day. Um, and then, so those ones are a little bit more short lived waves like shorter period of time whereas then there's the longevity wave where I notice you know rating between a negative 10 all the way up to a positive 10 you know it might change two each day or maybe three but like it'll be kind of consistent climbing up and then around them kind of drop back down usually I notice about coming back to neutral um I haven't been since living in alignment have been dropping down down Mm -hmm. as often I'm getting more quick drops with my root pulse energy Um, but I've also been uh, making sure that I can emotionally detach myself from the outcomes of things so that I'm not having such a negative impact on that collective wave Mm. yeah it's amazing what self-awareness does to your decision making process when you understand about yourself this is how I operate it's not a defect it just makes me different and I think that the more we try to understand each other's uniqueness the more exceptional we all become the more we choose to recognize ourselves for our inherent superpowers and just because they maybe are a little bit different than what you know is the quote-unquote the norm we do have a power within us. So I think it's great that you have began to recognize what these emotional waves look like and how you can use it to your advantage to make the best decisions. So I'd love to ask you, what, is, what does it look like for you to embody a manifester as part of your human design? Because I did pick you I did pick you for a reason to come onto this podcast. Um, I know quite a few manifestors. It's I, 
I tend to attract, attract a lot of manifestors into my life. And I think it's because I have an undefined throat center and every manifestor has a defined throat center. So there's that natural opposite attraction there. Um, and I really see you blossoming in your life. And so I've asked you to come onto this podcast to tell us what does it really look like to follow your human design, to be that manifester by design unapologetically. Mm, um, powerful as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, simply stated, uh, like the most, it, it's powerful. Um, like I've embodied and harnessed this, this magical power of awareness and understanding inside me. Um, I'm not, you know, cultivated such a sense of safety within inside myself, um, which is, again, something that has helped me overcome that anxiety and that depression, um, a depression, I put finger quotes over it, because, you know, it's, it's that melancholy that I've, you know, learned to embrace and, and, you know, hold safety within myself. Um, and, you know, even just the power of understanding myself, and it's allowed me to quit smoking, like recover mm. from a nicotine addiction. And, it's been the easiest thing ever, which I've, I've, you know, I'm with that one, three, I've tried many, many times <laughs> to, to kick that habit, but it wasn't until I found human design and found that power and that safety within inside myself, that confidence to overcome such a powerful addiction inside my body. I became more powerful than that addiction, which, um, was, mind-blowing it's it's I still can't believe it I'm celebrating you so hard on that (laughs) is there anything else that you want to expand about like um maybe some some fears or challenges that arise that you face um being that manifester fitting in was a big thing a big fear of mine um because in the past I never really did fit in Uh, about 90 percent of the kids in school would pick me to pick on and like I can understand why now that I've you know become aware um but I think the biggest thing that I'm fearful of is not being informed because with my communication I know that okay it's best to inform inform but when people don't inform me I've noticed a lot of patterns of anger and things not feeling in alignment in those situations you know we were having friends over for supper but the it it wasn't I wasn't initiating it So, you know, he and my partner, it was communicating with his friend and I wasn't told until like 545 that, oh yeah, by the way, these friends are coming over for supper. Okay, but it's supper time. Why didn't you <laughs> tell me earlier? <laughs> you, you, you needed to inform me earlier so that I felt energetically prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like not being informed definitely bring bring some anger and like I was you know trying to get the house tidied up and like you know feel like it's safe for other people to enter my space and like scrape my finger on the cupboard and got a cut and like just the energy was just Mm, rushed after yes very rushed that's definitely a, a fear or a challenge that 
I face as a manifester is not mm-hmm. being informed. That's really interesting. I heard on, I want to say it was the Day Luna podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they were talking about manifestors and how, so as much as it's important for a manifestor inform, to inform, it's likewise appreciated when others inform manifestors as well. So I'm glad I got the firsthand confirmation from you to hear that, yes, that is in fact much appreciated yeah, like- as a manifestor don't ask me questions already that's that's just like that boundaries there I don't want you to ask me a million questions but when you don't inform me that's way worse that feels way worse inside my body mm. what does it's that feel anger, like to you and like you say chaos. in your body mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's it's that chaos within my body that like it's like this heat that starts heating up just like starts flowing through me everywhere whereas um you know had I been informed okay you know I'm not too sure if this is going to happen yet but I've invited these friends over for dinner tonight Mm. I would have felt like peaceful chaos going through my body like okay yeah I gotta get this house tidied up and I gotta like you know get myself prepared and you know put on a bra It's funny how um, it's like when other people don't inform you, it's a gentle reminder like, okay, this is what it feels like not to be informed. That is amplified, that feeling that you feel as the manifester, that chaos that you were describing in your body, that feeling is amplified upon others when you as the manifester don't inform. So it helps you have that reminder like, okay, I know what that feels like to not be informed. I am going to make an effort to make sure I'm always informing those affected by my decisions. Mm -hmm. Clarity, creating clarity there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I recognize that um, manifestors have experienced a great suppression of their power. That's that's like probably one of the number one things that I've... uh, I've recognized in manifestors that their, their power is suppressed ever since they're a young child. And therefore, they, they don't have the confidence to inform. So because most of the time when they have informed in the past, they've been shut down or they've been rejected, etc. What has your confidence building journey with learning to inform, you know, building confidence to inform what has that felt like to you? And what has that experience been like? Um, did you start with informing on little things or, you know, what did that whole process look like for you? I would definitely say it helped um, that in the discovery of human design and learning, I needed to inform that I lived on my own. Um, you know, my son went to his dad's on the weekend so you know we had our own space together so you know I I just kind of practiced with him I would just Mm. inform him mommy's doing this now mommy's doing this now so I just would inform him all the time I would also like connect with like my friends or my 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 mom I talk to quite a bit so like I would practice informing her like oh yeah I uh I'm gonna quit my job at the group home and I'm gonna stick it out as a casual with this unreliable set of hours and you know 
even though she didn't think that was a great idea for me to just rely on this casual position, I knew as a manifester that as long as I trusted the process and trusted my energy, that it would, you know, it would all, the universe would provide and take care of me. So, um, it, yeah, I've just practiced informing mainly with, with Carter. <laughs> mm. And would you say that now that you've gone through that, practicing, you know, building your confidence with informing, do you feel more confident now when it comes to informing about those big decisions? So like how you said with your mom, like, did you feel more confident when you had to inform about something like that? Yeah, because I knew I was going into that conversation, laying the guideline and, you know, having that, that boundary up that, you know, my aura was strong and protecting me for anything that was going to create resistance on that path of what was in alignment for me. I, I knew going into that conversation with her and telling her this, like informing this, this is the way it's going to be. And even though you might have a different view, you're not going to change my decision. Mm. I was able to build that strength of, and that trust within myself and to be concrete in your decision yes, to allow exactly. your power to re- yeah to really allow your power to shine through and not allow it to change based on what other people thought and that's a really that's a really powerful feeling yes <laughs> <laughs> that leads me to my other question was that what are some major wins that you've had since embodying your design as a manifester Definitely overcoming the um, anxiety and depression, again, with those funny quotes on there, and quitting smoking, like those were super, super powerful um, things that I was able to have major wins with. uh, And just making decisions in alignment have been able to bring me like this abundance of joy and happiness and peace in my life. like I've been able to embrace my manifestation powers and I think the cherry on top of it all was manifesting my soulmate into my life and literally found the man of my dreams that completes me Mm, that's so beautiful on that note what does peace feel like to you because what This thing about human design is that it shows us, you know, what our signature is, you know, our supposed natural state of being, what we are all here to experience. And for a manifester, it's peace. For projectors, it's success. And for me, my feeling of success, the first time that I ever truly, because I've always intellectualized that. I've always like, okay, yeah, cool. I'm meant to be successful. But the first time that I truly embodied that feeling it was independent of any external circumstances. Like it wasn't any, like I didn't make a whole bunch of money or I didn't like manifest a new car or anything like that. It was just purely a feeling inside of myself. So I'm curious, what does peace truly feel like to you? I remember the first time I truly like embodied the feeling of peace and I had went on a trip this past summer um, when I was still in the process of reading the Celestian Prophecy. 
and I was sitting in the mountains, um, which is also part of my human design being in the mountains is that environment that I thrive best on. And Mm -hmm. I felt so, I was sitting there reading my book and I could feel like throughout my entire body, like this sense of grounding um, in like that sacral center kind of coming all the way up and flowing through my body and just this like warm tingly feeling and it like essentially feels like you're floating mm. like that that gravitational pull feels like it's not there anymore that you're just kind of floating in space where you are that's that's what it feels like to me um mm. And I've definitely recognized that feeling of like that, that floaty peace feeling come through um, in a few other situations. Like a, like a sense of buoyancy. Yes. Yeah. 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 I know. I know exactly what you mean. It's interesting because so for a manifester, it's called peace. Um, And for me, I'm sure what we're feeling is ultimately the same thing. It's just the label that human design chooses to, to place upon the different types. But I, I totally know what you mean. It's like this feeling of weightlessness, of buoyancy, of like unapologetic confidence. Like it's really mm-hmm. just like, boom, I feel fucking unstoppable. I feel powerful and I feel connected to my authentic self. I think that's another aspect of it as well, really living with who you are on on an authentic level. And then you need to be very careful with your manifestor powers sometimes when you really connected with yourself because you look across the road and you're like, oh, my neighbor doesn't have any um, shingles on their roof and the guys just tarped it. Like, hopefully it doesn't storm. Like, it's probably going to storm tonight. And like, didn't look at the weather prediction or anything like that, but it literally stormed that night. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, be careful what you wish for here. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Definitely something you still have to be careful with as well. Mm. I, you kind of already touched on it. Well, very briefly touched on it. You mentioned about your son being a, uh, a sacral type. So I have also looked at your son's chart and he is a generator with, what is it, eight centers defined in his chart? Yeah, everything except for his identity center. Right. It scares me a little. <laughs> yeah, so he's a high energy being. And I wonder how, how you go about um, implementing human design into your parenting. How do you navigate that um, that strong differentiation between your energy versus his energy. Mm, well, he is a three-five emotional generator um, with the quad split. So I've actually noticed that uh, when he's off on his own and kind of in his own aura, that like uh, he acts different than when our our two auras are like connected when we're in each other's space I've learned recently when I was kind of like okay like let's look into 
how our connection charts are. And he was sent to me or he came to find me um, because he completes and I complete every connection in our charts together. Like oh anything that, right? Like that 61 I was talking about that I've got activated four times. Yeah. Well, he has the five, I believe it's, no, is it the five? Uh, 24 or 24. Yeah. 24. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So sorry. The 24, he has the 24 that literally connects me to my defined, uh, Ajna center, which is connected to my defined throat center. You know, it's, it's all connected after that, but mm-hmm. that very prominent energy that I have, um, is defined when he's in my space. Uh, which I've definitely been able to notice my creativity and imagination has really been able to truly flow since I've had him. Um, and even right before I had him too, which is kind of crazy, yeah. right? Like that, like three months before he was born, I noticed that this really like true tapped in feeling of, Um, like this creative flow that's when I started doing my pore paintings and things like that which right wow (laughs) now launching a business for to be able to um you know sell these and I found a clothing line that I'm going to work with that's a Canadian-based clothing line that takes your artwork and like puts it into onto clothing and stuff too um so really excited about that but I Going back to that's sidetracking with the parenting, I've, uh, him being a generator, I've also noticed that it's been, I've been able to maximize my parenting skills by approaching things that are going to honor his being, um, mm. like making sure that we tire out his sacral energy before bed. And he has an easier way of tapping into that sacral energy when I'm in his aura, because I create that nice energetic flow for his energy to go mm. uh, being that quad split. So um, it, he doesn't quite, it, it's harder for him to make those connections by himself to really truly wear out that energy um, mm. and giving him things to respond to. So instead of saying, what do you want to eat for supper? I say, okay, Carter, do you want to have this for supper? And you know, he gets that yes or no. But then I also learn with his emotional authority that, you know, I might ask him first, do you want Annie's macaroni for supper? And he'll be like, no, like, okay, do you want this for supper? But then he'll come back to it and he'll be like, no, I want Annie's. Like he notices that, like, I notice that the decision actually changes for him once he's had that time to respond to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then being that he's that emotional being something I didn't really quite feel like I had was that emotional safety and support growing up. So I know something differently that I wanted to do within my parenting was to um, allow him to embrace his emotions and not be ashamed of them to create Mm -hmm. a safe space for him to hold those emotions. Um, And like, you know, kind of try to steer away from those limiting beliefs and conditioning is another kind of goal of mine with parenting and just so I can bring like raise him with his his fullest potential and you know 
bring awareness to where he's going to be susceptible to conditioning and um, just I'm really excited to raise him having this awareness like what's gonna happen yeah I'm I'm so with you on that one because I feel the same way same way with my son being able because he as well he's a manifesting generator but the having the yes or no questions that's a that's a big thing Um, especially since he's not necessarily quite at the age yet where he could offer his own response like saying Noah what do you want for dinner he may not like language skills wise may not quite be able to say what it is that he wants so to be able to offer him Noah do you want grapes or do you want strawberries and he can you know, go with what his gut instinct is telling him at the moment, he's a sacral authority. So just to go with like his gut instinct, like, yeah, I want grapes right now. And I can just honor that. It feels so good to be able to provide for my son's needs and know that I'm doing so in such a way that best supports him. Uh, That reminds me the other day I looked up his chart because I'm always like picking at people's charts as I go along. When I need a piece Mm -hmm. of information, I'll go and look. And so I, I was um, creating the content for CBD and I was looking at cognition. And so I was curious what Noah's cognition was and it's taste. And something that I learned about um, when it comes to taste is that trying to force feed someone that has the strongest cognition of taste is a huge violation of boundaries. That is not something that you should do to them. And it's not like I've ever tried to like shove food in my son's mouth or anything, but I've definitely maybe over encouraged him. You know, it's hard to get kids to eat their food. Right. So especially when they're sacral beings and they're just like distraction, want to go, especially a Maddie Jen. I mean, he'd probably yeah. just be like, Oh, squirrel. Yes. <laughs> Gotta do yes. 10 things at once. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And that's the other thing is I have to allow him to multitask when he eats. Cause of course in our world, in our civilization, we deem that as being rude when you leave the table and you go and do something or you're like moving around and whatnot when you're sitting at the table. But I just got to allow him to do that because if I don't, I'm going to meet so much resistance with him and he just fights me on eating. But if I give him this space Mm -hmm. to just multitask and do his thing, you know, sometimes he'll leave the table for five minutes, go play with a toy, but then he'll come back and he'll happily start eating again. But if I try to say, Noah, stop, no, come back and eat. He'll be, he'll, we'll have a fight about it. So it's so great to just know like, okay, he's just expressing his multi-passionate energy. Just let him do his thing. He'll come back. And also knowing that force feeding thing, that little piece of information, yet another awareness Mm -hmm. that I can have, like, okay, I cannot force him to eat something. If something is displeasing to him, I'm really violating his boundaries and I don't want to, I don't want to teach that. I don't want to show him that, you know, it's okay to violate boundaries. So that was a really big piece That's of information for me. Really good to know about that cognition because Carter also has the taste cognition. Oh, no way. Yes. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I definitely recognize when I've tried to get him to sit down at the table. I'm like, come on, dude, you got to eat. Like you can't just have snacks all the time. Yeah. Um, like he he resists me he gets very angry and now recognizing yeah I'm crossing that boundary Mm, yeah yeah that was a really big light bulb moment for me which again is difficult to navigate because I mean there's only so many foods that you can offer your child right but again it's all about having that awareness and knowing okay 
at least I know this and I can try to work with it as much as I can within my parenting powers. Um, you got to draw the line somewhere, but you know, it's all about that awareness. Yeah. I've definitely noticed too, being aware of adding flavor to his food since Mm. learning his cognition, you know, like you're like, oh, they're just kids. They don't need, you know, extra seasonings on things. You know, let's let them taste things and, and develop their sense of taste on, on the natural flavors of the food but you know he sees us putting salt and pepper on this and Mm -hmm. so I just like authentically like let it be in flow like yes you want salt and pepper on your food obviously with assistance or he would dump the entire thing of salt on his food but (laughs) in the same sense just allowing him to you know be flexible with the way he wants his food to taste Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Noah, Noah grabs the, the pepper as well. <laughs> so he too enjoys having flavor. And, um, but when you think about it, so as an adult, let's say you're cooking ground beef, for example, ground beef without any spices, isn't very good. Like, you gotta mm-hmm. have the spices in there or else it's just gross. Why would you try to give a child plain ground beef when you as an adult wouldn't even eat plain ground beef? <laughs> so Mm -hmm. also that was a that's a good another piece of awareness as well is that you know would you feed this to an adult don't try and feed it to a kid if you wouldn't even give it to someone who can advocate for themselves (laughs) I can obviously intellectualize what it means to be a manifester but and I can have empathy for manifestors but you know I'm not a manifester at the end of the day I'm a projector right you're a manifester so For any fellow manifestors that are listening to this episode, do you have any one piece of advice, you know, even if it's been said already, but do you have any one piece of advice that, you know, if you were to offer guidance for someone to start embodying their manifestor design, what would you say? Inform, practice informing and having people around you informed. That was definitely the biggest thing that allowed me to live and find alignment. Because it's not always going to be consistent. There's going to be days where you're going to fall out of alignment. You know, you, you might trip on a step because you're one, three and you make mistakes (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) Um, But making sure that you inform along the way, even if it's, you know, I had this uh, crazy dream and I don't know who, or like if this is going to affect you but it's affecting me and I'm just going to inform you um but the biggest thing alongside informing what my advice is speak through other people instead of to them because essentially what you're doing with your informing is you're giving your directions to the universe that is the universe's way of hearing your intentions because with your aura being closed and repelling the universe cannot hear you you need to speak up and put forth that energy behind your informing Mm, mic drop that's going to be the audiogram (laughs) (laughs) oh i love that because you're the one that told me this this like this concept of informing through other people to inform the universe when you told me that I was like 
whoa holy shit that's like that's a huge breakthrough right there I mean it's such a small nuanced detail right but I often find it's those little nuanced details that really make a big impact on how you how you live in with how you live in alignment with your design so thank you for sharing that Mm, thank you for allowing me to share that I definitely have to give credit to I can't quite recall if I heard it on the day Luna podcast or if it was the Holly Marie um, podcast Um, but Holly Marie is a manifester as well and her content I have found like manifester specific was also a really great tool for me learning about my manifester powers and design. Mm. Speaking of tools, you are one of the founding members inside of Confident by Design, my group coaching container program, which I'm so honored and blessed to have you in there because not only are you a manifester, but you are also a great friend of mine. And I feel like we've both been on this our own spiritual journeys, but moving alongside each other, checking in with each other, um, you know, keeping each other at an arm's length and whatnot. And it's so great to have you in this container. Um, So if you, if a friend of yours were to approach you and ask you about your experience inside of CBD, about the tools that you are cultivating inside of CBD, what would you say to them about the program? Mm. Without a doubt, I've already told a few friends of mine about how wonderful my experience has been um, with the group coaching container that I've been able to take all of this, you know, university level uh, is equivalent, energetic equivalent of like a university level, sophisticated amount of like valuable information and really be able to like embody this and practice this within myself and embrace the best version of me that I could have I could have never even imagined myself being this way like if you had asked me 10 years ago um, it's the safest space that I've ever been in with the most amazing support and a fantastic freaking coach (laughs) thank you for sharing if there was like one piece of information or anything that you took out of the program that's really stood out to you thus far because of course we're we're only halfway done can you believe we're only halfway done my goodness um yeah (laughs) or I guess by the time this episode airs we'll be what two-thirds something like that two-thirds done if there is any one thing that's really stuck out to you this far what would you say that's been well, I was really, really excited about getting to the human design part of it all because I'm like, I actually know some stuff about that. I'm so mm-hmm. excited to learn more because dig, 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 dig with my little investigator side of me. But uh, the part of the course, bringing that awareness um, uh, to, you know, the the reprogramming of your subconscious mind and the you know the way that the energy works around you so that you can take and learn your energy and how you can incorporate it with the rest has been um really transformational um 
just bringing it's it, the, the most powerful thing that I have gotten from this group coaching container is the awareness. Mm. Yeah, that is a huge focus. I believe yeah, I, I can't say it enough. Self-awareness is a superpower. It really is because how can you expect to create any sort of positive change in your life? If you don't know what the starting point is, you have to know about yourself and know how you operate as a human in order to move past that, to get past that point. Like the GPS, when you use a GPS, you need to know both the destination and you need to know the starting point. So I couldn't agree Mm -hmm. with you more. (laughs) Yes. And like, I didn't ever even know that personal development was a thing. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I really wish I did even at least 10 15 years ago, you know, like, I wish I could have started this journey sooner. Um, But clearly, I had to go through the life experiences to truly, like, embrace, embody and understand, you know, that polarity, creating clarity in order for me to, like, get all of this clarity and for it to resonate and sit so much within me, like, in this warm, embodied space, um, you know, to feel that safety, I had to feel the unsafety. Ah, mm, yes, yes. I mean, it's a little bit sad, but also empowering at the same time. hmm Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> indeed so I I gotta tell you when I asked you earlier um I asked you earlier what are some major wins that you had you skipped out on some details you, you skipped out on the fact that you were starting your own business you had a little trail mm. off that you said about Carter and you skipped out on that detail please yeah, enlighten with us expand on that Tell us what's next Um, for you. Well, I have a few things in the making um, because I've also got the channel, of course, of the Jack of all trades, right? That 35, 36. And um, when I was getting my download of like, you're going to have your own business, you're going to be able to, you know, embody your, uh, you're going to be able to embody your energy and really just be able to live super authentically in your design during getting all those downloads it was never quite clear to me what one thing my business was going to be and it started to become clear to me as I you know started informing people in the universe that you know I'm launching my business I'm I'm starting my business and I started getting all of these downloads and you know I found out what I'm going to, you know, really truly embrace within the things I offer. So human design reads, because I've so, I've investigated so much and I trust my knowledge of what I um, have discovered within human design and the way that I understand it. So I will be offering human design readings. um, And I decided that, I wanted to really incorporate Carter into my business because our energies together is just like, you know, I know it's going to be really um, empowering and energetic. So I'm going to do like tiny art classes where, you know, we can 
go and do these like projects like mom and, and child like art projects and stuff at home that you know it's going to initiate others to be able to get in touch with their creative flow and you know just, just this other thing too to do with their kids because um with the pandemic and everything I know that people are you know a little bit more comfortable staying at home and probably don't want to you know come to a big group class of, you know especially with their so, kids exactly within the age demographic of not being able to be vaccinated if that's their choice and so we're going to do like tiny art um, classes and I'm going to touch in on like the uh, online media design so um, getting in if you're you know having your podcast and you need uh, logos or any like design around you know, the creation of the creative side of things, you know, you've got the content, but you just need that artistic flair. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then um, while I'm going through and like, I'm putting all this stuff into my Trello to like organize it. I got this ad. I had switched over to Facebook to find something, a picture of an art piece and I had this ad for a Canadian company that takes your art and puts it into onto clothing and so now I've decided to to incorporate that into my business as well where I'm going to have you know these wonderful art pieces that I've created now structured into a clothing line as well and Mm. as well as you know my art I'm I'm always going to be creating art pieces, custom art pieces, uh, acrylic pours, but I also do like abstract paintings as well. So I've got my my Instagram that I post some of that stuff on. Um, social media is not something that I really tune into a whole lot. I use it, you know, for the content that's there and I don't post a lot of content myself, but I'm always there if you want to connect with me about you know, getting any art pieces done. I know I've done a piece for you that you really enjoy and mm-hmm. that you've shouted me out for before. And I really appreciate <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's going to be a jack of all trades kind of business. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, don't ask me what it's c- called quite yet. <laughs> I didn't decide that yet. I'm still going with Arenda's art. And I feel like a lot of those things still kind of flow within the art perspective of things to maybe not for human design readings. But in true manifester style, multi-passionate, it sounds like you're really stepping into that unapologetically because other people might look at that and think that sounds really chaotic. How could she, how could she structure a business that way? But in fact, you're just being truthful to your authentic self and a trusting that if you choose to go with where your passion is calling you, everything's going to work out for you. It will. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, I've cultivated that safety within myself and, you know, going through like my cycle thinking and understanding that my menstrual phase is where I get most of my downloads. Um, like as I've been embodying and, and initiating this business to start um I've been getting these downloads every month of like little bits and pieces of what this business is overall going to look like I had no idea when I was telling the universe I was starting my own business I had no idea what that looked like 
I don't know. <laughs> but I'm never going to be worse off than where I am already. It's just going to be a, a step up from, it's, it's just going to keep climbing. So um, just trusting the process has really made it happen. If I would have told you a year ago that in a year from now, you'd be starting your own business, what would you have said? Would you have thought that you would have had the confidence to do that? I hadn't quite found human design at that point a year ago. So no, I would have said you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And I would have asked you, well, please tell me what this business is going to be because um, I can't ever see myself solidifying the one thing of, of being in business for, um, but that's because it never was one thing. Mm. Snaps to you. <laughs> um, all right. So before we log off of this beautiful conversation that we're having, is there any last little nuggets of wisdom that you'd like to share for our listeners? I would say if you're having any, um, any connection to wanting to go further into embodying yourself and really understanding how you can be your most authentic self and how you can progress and grow into something you never even saw possible before is to jump on that train uh, that of confidence building and wholeheartedly highly suggest going in on the confident by design uh, group coaching container because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. Um, having such a beautiful projector be able to um, guide your energy into being into alignment um, is the most powerful tool that I have used. Thank you so much for shouting me out here. (laughs) Thank you for recognizing me, I should say. Thank you for recognizing me. And thank you for sharing that um, recommendation with our listeners here. Um, I'd like to offer you some space about how we can connect with you. Um, Maybe you don't have all of those details yet because you haven't started your business, but anything that you can offer to us in which we can connect with you, find your artwork, et cetera. We can connect with me through Instagram uh, at Arinda's Art, and Art has two T's. Um, and then, uh, as my business launches and everything, I will make sure that I post content on there that's going to direct you to my website when it's created and launched. Um, but if you have any questions or anything that you want to connect with me on, I will also provide my email of at gmail.com in the show notes as well. Uh, and we can also I, update the show notes in the future. So yes. when you do have your website, if anybody listens to this a couple months in the future, we can totally have that in the show notes updated as well. Absolutely. Well, Erica, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about being a manifester, being your most confident self, and also sharing your experience inside of Confident by Design. It's been a wonderful chat with you. I really enjoyed it myself. Thank you. Of course. Um, All right. So again, thank you for coming on. And listeners, I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am truly honored that you have entrusted me to fill your cup with all the good stuff. If this episode blew your mind, 
please show me some love by downloading and subscribing a small simple action that helps me share my mission with more people did you have any major breakthroughs i want to hear about them by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on instagram or facebook you can follow me on instagram at confidently.amber for daily confidence building tips and updates about my workshops, programs, and freebies. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to connecting in the next episode.